All right, welcome everybody to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where I like eating at Bojangles. I also like making sure that everything's all good with bronze ankles. And for now, it seems like everything should be okay, as LeBron James is set to return to the Lakers lineup tonight versus the Spurs, but it is definitely something to monitor. That said, raising canes over Bojangles any day. I just needed to use that for the stupid bronze ankles Bojangles rhyme, which doesn't even really rhyme, but this is what you get when you have me potting solo. I'm your host, Jonathan Hernandez, and as you've probably already guessed, I am joined by no one today, unfortunately, for this quick solo pod that I'm trying to get out to you guys before the Wembanyama game tonight at Crypto, which I am actually going to go to. Very much looking forward to watching Alien Iverson up close and in person, and also hoping that the Lakers absolutely punk the hell out of him and take care of business. So for today's quick solo pod, I wanted to give an update on some early returns impressions of Spencer Dinwiddie and how he's fared so far as a Laker. Then I want to go through some interesting Lakers stats and trends. As usual, I'll give you my three interesting Lakers stats that I want to highlight, and that should pretty much be it. So the Lakers are now 30-27 and 27 after losing to the Golden State Warriors 128-110 to 110 last night. They are now just a half game above the Warriors in the ninth seed. They are three games behind the Kings for the eighth seed. Last night, the Lakers lost to the Warriors 128-110. They were without LeBron James, without Christian Wood, who will now be out for the next two weeks with some ambiguous knee swelling injury that doesn't sound good. And they were still without Cam Reddish, though they did get Max Christie back. And unfortunately, the Lakers really felt the absence of those three players, LeBron, Christian Wood, and Cam Reddish. They felt it on the boards, they felt it on the defensive end, without having an expert screen navigator to stick with Curry like Cam Reddish, and they felt it from an athletic-slash-floor general standpoint with LeBron James out. So for me, it's really hard to take much away from last night's game besides the fact that the Lakers really needed more from Rui Hachimura. He only had 9 points in 32 minutes. He did do a couple of nice things defensively, like picking guys up in transition. He had some pretty nice athletic blocks at the rim to erase some shots in the second half. But overall, he was very underwhelming. And this time, the onus was a little more on him than on the coach or playing time, you know? So we needed more from Rui Hachimura. We didn't get that. The Lakers also needed a bit more from Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell, who... Both ended up turning in pretty solid statistical games by the end of the night, but without LeBron James, we kind of we kind of needed them both to score 20 plus points and shoot efficiently from three, and we just didn't get that. And then, you know, Anthony Davis played a, a very aggressive and dominant game, especially in the paint. He had 27 points, a slew of rebounds, but He needed way more help than he ended up getting because the Lakers were just bleeding points on the defensive end with AD trying to corral everything. And as I mentioned, although AD was dominant in the paint, he couldn't really hit much from the mid-range or from the outside at all. And then lastly, I think the most telling thing about Anthony Davis's game last night was he only had one assist, which is kind of indicative of how the game went for the Lakers kind of discombobulated. They weren't they didn't really have a good offensive rhythm for the majority of the night. 
And when the Lakers have looked dominant recently, it's because the ball has really been slinging around and because AD's been able to pick apart the defense from the high post and been a huge part of that playmaking uptick. But we didn't get much of that from AD last night with just one assist. Also, lastly, after three straight games of the Lakers hitting 14 plus threes on over 40% from three, last night they only hit 10 of 28 from downtown, 28%. So yeah, overall, very rusty start for Los Angeles coming out of the All-Star break. But they do have a chance to rebound tonight versus the Spurs. All right, so for the first part of this episode, I wanted to talk to you guys about Spencer Dinwiddie and give you my thoughts on how he's looked thus far in his three games as a Laker. Obviously, very small sample size. But over his first three games, Spencer is averaging 7 points, 4.7 assists, 0.7 rebounds, which is kind of atrocious, 1.3 steals, 1.7 turnovers on 44% from the field and 30% from three in 25 minutes. Now, the rebounding rate or lack thereof is definitely a problem. He's also only got into the line twice off of two and ones, I believe. He only has two free throws, which he's hit both. Would love for him to force the issue more and be aggressive on that end. But overall, my first impressions of Spencer Dinwiddie is mainly that I've really enjoyed his sound, methodical facilitating. He's had a couple of stints now, particularly in the third quarter of the Warriors game, as well as in the Jazz game where he's gotten a look as the primary ball handler, and in that time, he has actually looked very solid and operated the offense with a veteran savviness and steadiness that this team really needs. Getting guys organized and putting pressure on the defense by penetrating and sort of snaking the pick and roll in the mid-range, He's kind of put everybody into place with him as the ball handler, and that's pretty telling given the fact that, you know, he just joined this team two weeks ago. But I think he's been able to really navigate his navigate his movements well on the floor because of his sturdy, strong frame and his tight, methodical handle. Those physical attributes of his have really allowed him to maneuver his way onto any spot on the floor that he wants to and so far he's really leveraged that skill of his to find his teammates he's averaging 4.7 assists to just 1.7 turnovers and actually that 1.7 turnovers is buoyed by the four turnovers that he got in his first game so outside of that Spencer Dinwiddie has really taken care of the ball and over the course of his career he's been the type of guy who's been really careful with the ball and actually been very reliable as a floor general with a high assist-to-turnover ratio in that respect. It's really been his shot selection that has been characterized as erratic, but as a ball handler, as a floor general, he has been steady, and we have seen that in a great extent over his first three games as a Laker. And it's ironic because while I want to highlight his great playmaking in his first three games— I actually also want to see Spencer be more aggressive in the scoring department. Particularly, I want to see him take take it to the basket more aggressively and look for his own shot, draw more fouls. We have yet to see that part of his game, but I think he's understandably been trying to get a feel for his teammates first, try to play within himself, acclimate himself well through his playmaking. So it makes sense that he hasn't necessarily gone Leroy Jenkins in terms of taking the ball to the hole. 
But yeah, so far, I've really liked the dynamic he's brought to the team where he has been the perfect in-between ball handler between Austin Reeves and D'Angelo Russell, where he's been able to settle things down, give both of them a break from handling the ball. And he's he's been able to glue that second unit together every time he's come in to stagger the two guards. And actually, the times that D'Angelo Russell and Spencer Dinwiddie have been out on the court together, the Lakers have gone on little mini runs. So the offense has flowed very smoothly. D'Angelo Russell has been very comfortable off ball in those respects. And yeah, Spencer's just done a great job, again, steadying the offense and not doing too much, not taking too many risks. It feels like we're more than treading water when he's out there. So yeah, so far so good with Spencer Dinwiddie, nothing too exciting, but yeah, if he could just up his rebounding, box out a little bit more, continue to be scrappy on defense, and overall be more aggressive scoring-wise, I think that will bring everything together in terms of seeing the full extent of what Spencer Dinwiddie can be for this team. So hopefully we turn some of these Spencer screws loose in, in that respect soon when it comes to scoring. So why don't we take it to break? When we return, I'll get into some of my interesting stats and trends that I want to highlight. All right, so we are back. Guys, I just want to quickly remind you that we are on a new podcast platform called The Cooler Podcast Player. It is like the audio form of Reddit where you can join a subset community like the Lakers Legacy community and comment away on each of our episodes and start discussions, start threads, and we'll comment and reply back. So check out the Cooler Podcast Player. You can download it at, on the Apple Store and use the code LITLEGACY, that's L-I-T LEGACY, to join the Lakers Legacy community page and get the discussions going. If you guys have any Q&A mailbag stuff that you want to throw our way, do it there and we'll look at it and bring it up in a future episode. So yeah, make sure to check out the Cooler Podcast Player, join the Lakers Legacy Podcast community, and also listen to our episodes and comment away there. Also, if you could please rate and review us five stars on the Apple Podcast app and give us five stars on the Spotify app, that would be huge and we would greatly appreciate it. Now for the second portion of the show, I have some Lakers stats in February that I want to throw out, particularly as it pertains to the Lakers' offensive uptick. These don't include last night's game versus the Warriors, so just keep that in mind. But overall in February, here's how the Lakers have been looking. The Lakers are number five in points per game, averaging 122.7 points. If you include last night's game, that's probably down to 120, but they are number five in points per game. They are number two in assists, averaging 31.3 assists, just behind the number one Warriors who they lost to last night. More impressive, more impressive than that assist stat though, is the fact that in the month of February, the Lakers are number one in turnovers. They're turning the ball over just 10 times a game. That is the least in the league in February. And last night, they actually only turned the ball over 11 times, so they kind of kept up that trend. Three-point shooting-wise, the Lakers are number four in three-point percentage at 39.9% from three after last night's game where they only hit 28%. That's probably down to 37, 38%, but they have still been shooting very well from three. And prior to last night's game, when they only hit 10 threes, they had hit 14 threes on 40 plus percent from three in three straight games. 
Advanced stat-wise, the Lakers are number two in offensive rating right behind the Boston Celtics with a 122.4 rating. They're actually not so bad defensively as well as they rank 10th in defensive rating. In overall net rating, the Lakers are 7th. They are number one in assisted turnover ratio, and they are number six in true shooting percentage. So that's kind of the lay of the land for the Lakers in February. They have been very impressive offensively while being able to maintain a competent foundational level defensively. And yeah, we've seen the dividends of the Lakers becoming more comfortable with the five-out offense and system and guys really buying into the ball-finding energy. So a lot of my statistical trends will actually fall in line with this playmaking theme. So let's get into the three statistical trends that I want to highlight now. Number one, let's talk about the re-emergence of Point Austin. Because in this new year, 2024, Austin Reeves has visibly grown more and more comfortable as a ball handler and facilitator. He's making a lot less dumb mistakes and turnovers. He's leaving his feet to pass the ball to no one less. He's driving into no man's land a lot less as well. And overall, he's just been a sharp and savvy playmaker. In the month of February, Austin Reeves is averaging 6.5 assists. But even more than that, he's only averaging 1.7 turnovers. That's a great assist-to-turnover ratio for Austin when earlier on in the year, he was averaging like only 5 assists and 2.5 turnovers. So 6.5 assists to 1.7 turnovers is amazing. And we've really seen him grow leaps and bounds in this playmaking department. And we've even seen him gain some really nice synergy in the pick-and-roll with Anthony Davis. And that's really allowed him to settle into a nice playmaking rhythm and flow in general. So kudos to Austin for working through the initial playmaking bumps of the early season when he was kind of thrust into the deep end of the pool and handed this oversized usage. It really seems like he's worked out the kinks of not driving into traffic as much, not throwing these risky passes. He's still throwing risky passes, but it just seems like he's doing so... But it really seems like he's doing so more shrewdly, if that makes any sense. So 6.5 assists to 1.7 turnovers, that's the type of Austin we envisioned when we saw him play with Team USA in FIBA basketball this summer and heard that he'd be getting more on-ball opportunities this season. So hope he continues to progress in this department. Okay, moving on to my number two most interesting stat, kind of in line with Austin Reeves' playmaking. The whole team in general, particularly the new starting lineup, has been passing the hell out of the ball, and the five-out system has finally been clicking. As I mentioned, the Lakers rank number two in assists per game in the month of February, but digging deeper into, the, into that stat, in the month of February, the Lakers have three players in the starting lineup averaging six-plus assists or more. Obviously, as I mentioned, Austin Reeves is averaging 6.5 assists, but then you also have D'Angelo Russell averaging 8 assists. You have LeBron James averaging 8.2 assists. That's three guys in your starting lineup averaging 6 assists. Think about that for just a second. That's incredible. I have no idea if that's going to stick for the remaining 20 or so games of the regular season, but in the month of February, that's an incredible stat to kind of think about. On top of that, Anthony Davis isn't too far behind, averaging 4.4 assists in that same time span. And then, as I mentioned before, Spencer Dinwiddie is averaging 4.7 assists off the bench. 
So right off the bat, that's five players on the Lakers who are averaging 4.4 plus assists or more in the month of February. So again, there's no wonder that the Lakers are top three in the league in assists over this last month. And overall, this team is just in a really good offensive rhythm and flow. They're taking turns with the ball and making that extra pass. Within one possession, we're seeing at least three or four guys touch the ball before a shot goes up. So it's been beautiful to see the ball find energy, and it's been beautiful to see the guys enjoy slinging the ball to one another and get easy buckets for their teammates, you know? Uh, So kudos to the Lakers for buying into the five-out system, for getting more comfortable with each other. A lot of this is coming... I feel like through the natural flow and progression of the season as guys have gotten a little bit healthier and guys have become more used to one another and also guys have been able to play more with one another thanks to Darvin Ham playing his best players. So so yeah, Uh, before I get to my number three most interesting stat of the day, I'll quickly just run off the Lakers starting lineup stats in February uh, because they're pretty incredible. So Outside of the Lakers having three guys in their starting lineup averaging six plus assists or more, the Lakers also have four guys in their starting lineup averaging 20 points or more in the month of February. You've got Anthony Davis averaging 25 points, 13 rebounds, 4.4 assists. Then you've got Austin Reeves averaging 20 points, 3.6 rebounds, 6.5 assists. LeBron James averaging 24 points, 4.6 rebounds, 8.2 assists. And then D'Angelo Russell averaging 20 points, 4 rebounds, 8.3 assists. So there's your four guys averaging 20 points in the month of February out of the Lakers starting lineup. And then lastly, you've got Rui Hachimura averaging 14 points, 4.6 rebounds, 1.3 assists on 56% from the field and 40% from three. He has been the main beneficiary in the starting lineup of all of those dimes from LeBron James, D'Angelo Russell, Austin Reeves, and Anthony Davis. Okay, so my last interesting statistical trend of the day. Number three, let's talk about Jackson Hayes rebounding. Because this dude has been rebounding the hell out of the ball and cleaning up on the glass. He has been the definition of active. He has been the definition of action in Action Jackson. In the month of February, in just 16 minutes, Jackson Hayes is averaging 5.3 rebounds. Per 36-wise, you're looking at a 12-rebound type player. And that's pretty impressive because on his career, Jackson's only been more of an 8-9 to rebound type player per 36-wise. And if you take out the Utah game in which he only played 11 minutes and inexplicably had zero rebounds, if you look at the last four games Jackson Hayes has played in, you will see some some outstanding rebounding from Jackson Hayes' end. He's had games of seven rebounds in 18 minutes, which he did last night versus Golden State, seven rebounds in only 13 minutes, eight rebounds in 17 minutes, six rebounds in 17 minutes. So Those are fantastic per-minute rebounding numbers, and the Lakers have needed every one of Jackson Hayes' hustle plays to tip balls, snatch the balls from prying defenders' hands, and just overall be that energetic and active player on the court who infuses this team with some much-needed life. So overall, I've been loving Jackson Hayes' level of activity, his aggressiveness in crashing the glass. It's wild. It's crazy. His hair's flying around everywhere. But that's the kind of whirling dervish that the Lakers need when they get a little bit too caught up in their small, skilled guard sort of play. And so 
Jackson Hayes has brought a much-needed different dynamic to this team whenever he's come in in the absence of Jared Vanderbilt, and overall, he has been a godsend for the Lakers, especially now with Christian Wood out. So this new element of Jackson Hayes' game where he's been really committed to rebounding and doing everything he can to chase loose balls, it's helped keep possessions alive for the Lakers on the offensive end, and then on the defensive end, it's really helped cover for all of our smalls who don't box out and can't rebound. And it's, at times, when he's played with Anthony Davis, also allowed Anthony Davis to play defense and have those defensive plays not be in vain because Jackson Hayes is there to snatch up the rebound and end that possession. So kudos to Jackson Hayes for his rebounding prowess over this last month. All right, so I need to head out to the game. That should do it for this quick post-All-Star break Lakers Legacy podcast update. We should be back next week for a fuller episode and hopefully then I'll and hopefully by then I'll be joined by Tommy. So stay tuned for that. As I mentioned before, please rate and review us five stars on the Apple Podcast app. Please give us some five stars on Spotify. Y'all have been slacking a little bit, but it's okay. And lastly, please check us out on the Cooler Podcast Player app. Join our Lakers Legacy community. Start some discussions on this very episode and use the code LITLEGACY. With that said, I will catch you guys next time. Peace out. We better win tonight against Alien Iverson. See ya. (laughs) 